Well, we are just one week away from school starting. Uh, Other schools are maybe starting a little bit later, but one week away from school starting, and we get a chance to bless all of these backpacks, uh, over 250 backpacks going out to students in Clinton County. And yet, somehow, the back-to-school feel is a little different this year. There's going to be some things that that are just going to be a little bit different. We're not going to see school buses going or kids um, walking to school or riding their bike. We're going to um, not have uh, school open houses this year or freshman orientation or Friday night football or even college football on Saturdays. I mean, what in the world are we going to do without football this fall? I just, I, I'm just having trouble getting used to it. And no names on students' desks or bulletin boards in the hallways or kids passing each other in the hallways between classes. It's just going to look different as many students, not all students, but many students are going to be back, going back to school virtually this year in a different way. And to be honest, I sort of love the school rhythm. I I love the school schedule. I like getting back to the fall and getting back to a certain rhythm that goes with my son and his school schedule and all that. And I was thinking about the fact that while we're still going to have a schedule, for many parents, it just feels like you're going to be juggling work responsibilities and school responsibilities and keeping your kids online. And for teachers, it's a whole new way of teaching online and how do we do that together it just feels different and i think honestly there's perhaps even a sense of of disappointment or a sense of loss for all of us in as a community as we think about things that we normally depend on and some traditions that we're just not going to have this year the fall is going to look and to feel different and it's sort of like going to a brand new place and, and, and I'm not quite sure if I really want to go there and I really don't know how to get there or what it's going to look like. Now, I'm one of those people that really like directions. If I'm going to a new place, I want to have directions. I put them into my phone, I watch my little maps program, and I just turn and I follow it exactly the way that it tells me to go. How many of you use a maps program, right? That's just how we get to new places. We put it into our phone and it gets us where we need to go. If you just give me some vague directions of how to get there, I'm not going to do very well because I need specifics and I feel uncertain and unsettled without directions. We're heading into a new season that requires us to live one day at a time. We have to be steady in purpose and yet flexible in our strategy. So I want to start this series of messages for the rest of August called New Territory, about how do we find God's direction in the times and places where it sometimes feels like we're just sort of wandering around. It's new. We aren't sure what to expect. It can be a time of great adventure or great anxiety. And so I want us to look at the story of the ancient Israelites in the book of Exodus to find some important truths for our lives today. So let's pray as we get started. Lord Jesus, as we enter this new season that looks and feels different, I pray that you would help us to learn from your word and to learn from people who also stepped into a very new time and how you provided and walked them through it one step at a time. 
And so, Lord, open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you would have for us this morning. In the name of Christ, amen. So we're going to step into sort of the larger story of Scripture of the Exodus as God was leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and into the Promised Land. And I've sort of entitled the message today, Directions, Please, because as we're going into a new season, a new territory, a new land, we want to have God's directions. So what we know from chapter 12 is that the Israelites, they left Egypt in a great hurry after the last plague. Pharaoh said, get out of here, and so they mobilized in the middle of the night to head out, out of slavery and into this new territory, which ended up being their way to the promised land. They moved around in the middle of the night, and it says that there were about 600,000 men on foot. Now, if you add in women and children to that, most Old Testament scholars will tell you that that amounts to about 2 million people. They were trying to mobilize two million people out of slavery in a great hurry and into the wilderness. Now think about that for just a moment. Nobody had prepared any contingency plans for this. They they, they hadn't planned catering the next meal. Where were all these people going to get food? How were they going to get all their traveling supplies, medical needs, sanitation issues, all kinds of things that you can think about if you are a logistics person that wasn't prepared and wasn't ready for this two million people to exodus all at one time. Nobody had contingency plans, they just took off. And those who were even able to think about it on that wild and eerie night probably said, you know what? If God can preserve us from death all around us, certainly he can take care of us wherever we go. And in those moments, trust spawned faith. So let's pick up the story in Exodus chapter 13, starting with verse 17, and you'll see these words up on the screen. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones with you from this place. After leaving Sukkot, they camped to eat them on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now sometimes I think it would have been really cool in that time to be an Israelite and to have a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire to lead you along the way each step. I mean, it's kind of like an ancient maps program, right? You just plug it in, you follow the directions. You follow the cloud where it's leading, you follow the pillar of fire where it's leading, and you know exactly what God wants you to do. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Think about it in our day-to-day If you're thinking about moving, perhaps, and you're wondering if you should do it, and you see the cloud, the pillar of cloud, leading in a certain direction, what do you do? You pack up your bags and go, right? What if you're thinking about applying for a job? And maybe it'd be pretty cool if there was this pillar of fire, you know, that just came over the place where you wanted to apply, right? It'd be pretty cool. Just apply. Or what if you're a young man, and you're thinking about this girl that you're dating and wondering if she's the one for you, and you go to her apartment or her house, and there's a pillar of cloud hanging right over her head, 
No question, man, buy the ring. Like, what are you waiting for? I mean, it would be pretty cool, right, to know for certain what God wanted you to do. I think it would be pretty neat. But I want us to see through our scripture today that it wasn't always without its struggles. As they get ready to leave, verse 17 said, God does not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. Although it was the most direct route from Goshen to Canaan, it was heavily guarded by a string of Egyptian fortresses. Now that was a bad thing in that time. And here's what I want us to see as our first truth to chew on this morning. With God's directions, shorter is not always better. With God's directions, shorter is not always better. If you think about your maps program, they're going to take you on the shortest route unless you pick a different one. But with God's directions, shorter is not always better. God is not always interested in taking us on the shortest route to character development or to trust development or to faith development. I mean, that's what we want, right? We want to just, you know, learn patience overnight. We want to be able to, to learn how to trust God without ever having to go through a tough time. We want to be able to grow our faith without ever having a challenge. We want to be able to love somebody when everything's going well. We don't want to have to learn to love them when it's hard. But God is in the process of teaching us and growing us even through the tough times. In fact, sometimes we learn the most through the tough and struggles of life. God is not always interested in taking us on the shortest route. He had a reason for taking the Israelites on this certain direction. He actually says it right here in scripture. He says if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. He knows the pull of us humans, that if we have a choice, that we're probably gonna go back to something that feels comfortable. We're probably gonna go back to something that feels familiar. If we're presented with something, we're probably going to stay doing the same thing that we've always done because it's familiar. But it may not be the healthiest for us for us, or the best. We just get stuck doing what's familiar to us. The temptation is always to go back. And the, the Israelites, over and over, they did this. If we just go back to Egypt, everything will be better. But they were choosing the security of slavery over an uncertain future. There is always a fear of the unknown when you enter new territory. Whether you're a teacher and you're just trying out something new or a student who's doing something new or a parent or a grandparent, whenever you face new territory, there is going to be a fear of the unknown. It's normal. We have to expect it and know it. The question is, what do you do with that fear? I think God wants you and I to have the courage to push forward through the difficult times, through the uncertain moments, trusting in God's directions, even when it might take us longer to get somewhere than we think it should. God has a reason. Our character development, our faith development, our trust development. With God's directions, we have to be okay with the fact that shorter might not always be better. Let's continue on with verse 21. 
He says, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. And I had never really noticed before until I sat down to write this message, that little part of the verse there at the end, so they could travel by day or by night. Can you imagine trying to mobilize two million people in the middle of the night? Can you imagine trying to wake everybody up and get all their stuff together and get them going in the desert, no less? Do you think that was fun? Do you think they loved that? Do you think that was always something they enjoyed? You see, second, I want you to see from this story is that with God's directions, you have to be ready to go. You have to be ready to go on his timing to move or to stay as needed. Sometimes God is going to move us when we're not quite ready. And sometimes he's going to ask us to stay when we'd rather move. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with God's timing because sometimes it's slower than what I would like. I'm a firstborn overachiever, getter, dunner, let's do something, let's go get it, and let's get it done now or even better if we got it done yesterday. I'm just a go-getter, let's get it done. I like to, you know, figure out what the challenge is and find a solution and move people forward. It's just energizing. I love progress. It just fuels me up. And this time since March and this season that we're in and this fall that looks different has challenged me. It's challenged me to slow down, to have patience, to wait on God's timing. Sometimes that means to just be idle. And I get tenuous. I say, come on, God, let's, let's go do something. And I have to remain steady on God's timing. When God pushes the pause button on my life, it's really hard. And sometimes I just ask this question, when can we just get back to normal and when can everything be like it was? But then I wonder, do I really want to go back to that pace? When the kids practice here and practice there and we never have any time to be together as a family and we're running here, there, and everywhere, I'm not sure I quite want to go back to that pace either. And I don't think there really is going back to normal. It's only pushing forward into what's next. And I almost see this time as a season of resetting. To reset for all of us what we focus on and what is most important. It's a time for us to look at our priorities. And what do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? And what really is most important to me? Perhaps this time is a gift of reset. It's a gift of reset as we wait on God's timing. Sometimes God's timing is slower than we'd like and sometimes it's faster than what we want to go. And I wonder, did the Israelites, did they ever get used to this constant moving? Did they ever get accustomed to the middle of the night wake-up calls, let's get moving, let's get going? Did they move with grace or with complaining? We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. 
But with God's directions, we have to just be ready to go on his timing, to move or to stay as need us. He calls us to be flexible. And it might be faster than you like. It might be slower than you like. It might be when you feel comfortable. It may be not when you feel so comfortable. It might be at a pace that you love or one that's challenging. It may not make sense to you. It might not always be convenient, but it's right on time with God. With God's directions, you see, shorter is not always better. And we have to depend on his timing and be ready to go and to move or to stay and to wait. And lastly, for today, I want you to see one last thing. In this section, it says, with God's directions, the destination is secure and dependable. The destination, where we're headed, is secure and dependable. We think about verse 19, right? Moses took Joseph's bones with him. Why? Because Joseph, who died long, long before, knew without a shadow of a doubt that God would fulfill his promise to his people. God will surely come to your aid, and then you can carry my bones out with you. The people had to wait 400 years to see God fulfill his promise. But God did that. He promised that he would free his people. He promised to take them out of slavery in Egypt and lead them into the promised land. And God always fulfills his promises. It may not be on our time, but he does fulfill his promises every single time. And verse 22 says, neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God never left them. Even when they felt like they were wandering around or even when they took the longer route or they had setbacks or when they had to backtrack their steps. With God's directions, the destination is always secure. And I want you to know that whatever stress you're feeling about the fall and how to figure all those things out, that God is still with you and God cares. And God was right there with you as he helps to lead you to figure it out. God will lead us out of this time. He will. It's one of the great things about being a Christian as we choose to place our trust in Jesus. It gives us a compass. It gives us a map throughout life. It gives us meaning and purpose individually as a church because we walk this journey together as the people of God. I'm reminded of two of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I have a little plaque of this at my house. Maybe you do too. But it reminds us of this, trust in the Lord, what? With all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. God's directions can always be trusted. And right now, I'm challenging myself to learn to be more flexible in this time, to go with the flow, to be okay with some general directions and not the specific ones that I like in my life and in the church. And I'm thinking about this for the fall. What new traditions are going to develop this in this fall season to bring some joy? What new traditions might develop in this fall season to bring some joy? I've always said, and maybe you do too, I wish I could spend more time with my friends or I'm going to get together with so-and-so and then I never do. And so I'm thinking about, I'm going to make an intention to have Friday nights with friends. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, maybe outside for a little while, maybe through Zoom, but maybe do that thing that I've always wanted to do and I never have time to do. What new traditions might come out of this time? Use this time to reset, to evaluate. 
What's most important in my life and am I doing those things? And some of you, you might be facing a really tough decision right now. Something in your family or at work or trying to manage all of those things together. I just want to encourage you, where do you find peace as you think about that situation? And pray and ask the Lord to provide that that pillar of cloud moment or that pillar of fire moment for you. And of course, it's going to look different. I wish I could just open my door and have the cloud right there, but it's probably not going to happen like that. But it might be through the words of a friend. Or it might be as circumstances line up as only God can do. Or it might be that God just does something in your life or just gives you this sense of peace that you can't explain. And it might be different than other people are experiencing around you. Or it might just be this patient persistence as you continue to pray, and I believe that God will answer that prayer. Rest in the quiet confidence that God holds you in the very palm of his hand, even in this time. Be confident that God knows that destination. Like a good tour guide, he's going to get us through to the other side. And we have to trust him even when we can't quite see where it leads yet. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we enter this fall season that looks different and feels different. And it might be just weighing on our hearts, Lord. And I pray that you would just speak in ways that only you can do. Words of peace and words of assurance and words of hope. And Lord, I pray for those who might be facing a a big decision right now. And I just pray that you would speak to their heart this morning and just give them a great sense of your peace. That as we choose, Lord, not to just wake up every morning with that sick feeling in our stomach, but we choose instead to pray and to seek your face and to know and to ask you to lead us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would answer that prayer, and that you would lead by your peace and by your presence in ways that only you can do. We entrust this season to you and ask that we might follow you, Lord, one step at a time. In the precious name of Christ we pray. Amen.